Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of For the Republic. It's your boy, Louis Valentin, here with my very good friend, Garandi. Katie, what's up? Yo, how's it going? All right, I'm doing all right. Um, we got a lot of topics today to discuss. Uh, among them is uh, Jordan Peele Neely and um, what happened in the New York City subway this week. Uh, also, we got some news on Ukraine. We're going to talk about the southern border, among other topics. Uh, your boy, Richard Epstein, your best friend. And um, let's get right into it, Candy. Uh Thoughts? Anything you want to say before we get into the Jordan Neely stuff? Well, before that, you said Richard Epstein. That's not his name? Oh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. What are those? <laughs> anyway. It doesn't matter. Jeffrey Crowder. Uh, what a Sunday afternoon. Um, well, what were you asking me? Any thoughts on the Jordan Neely? But we, we're going we're gonna, to gonna pull the video up. So I don't know. You want to watch the video? Or you want to get? Yeah, let's thoughts? watch the video first and then watch the video. All right, we'll discuss it. Got my allergies. All right, let's uh, start from the beginning. I'm going to mute this just because nobody wants to hear what's actually being said. All right, well, Ooh. Ugh, all right, here it is. So, well, he's trying to break out of it. Well, yeah, that's what it looks like. And then, now, like, this guy, this guy, the guy on, like, on the, the guy who's standing up, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's just holding that guy's arm and then standing there. <laughs> calm down, and calm down, man, is, calm down. Yeah, this is the Marine that they're now want to put in jail. And people read there's like a black dude there who's also he's not trying to free the guy, he's trying to uh keep him tied up. Now the witnesses the witnesses say that he was being uh, overly aggressive and threatening, violently threatening people on the on the trains. So, you know I I'm not gonna take that with a grain of salt or anything. I'll I'll believe it. Um But that's that's the um, overview of the video. Um, now, uh, I'll just start with this. You know, um, so Jordan Neely, he was thirty years old. He's kind of typical, as in what you hear nowadays. Whenever there's like these racial issues, okay. One, he's black, and then two, typical. He's not unknown to the police. So the police, he has a record. He's he's been arrested. Uh, if you want to pull up his rap sheet, I think he was arrested about forty four times. And I think he still had an active case against him, which is probably now dismissed because he's dead. And uh, oh, so he had a he had a warrant. I think he had a warrant, or he was going to go to court or something like that. So he had an active case, I think, being tried at the moment. I mean, he he was committing crimes until twenty twenty two. I think that's the latest uh, record of his history with the with justice system. Uh, he couldn't. I remember in twenty fifteen, I think he kidnapped a seven year old girl. Uh, I think he also, uh, he, I think, uh, punched an old man, like, in his 60s. And I think just recently he um, he um, hit a 67-year-old woman while she was oh, in yeah, the subway. See. And it broke her, I think it broke her uh, her labrum. I think she, like, had to go to the hospital. And so this isn't, this isn't abnormal. This is typical. What's abnormal and very rare is the amount of uh, interracial crime despite what they say on the left. That's just, it is the left. The left, the Democratic Party, is the party of interracial uh, warmongering. They're just, they're like hawks. They're like the war hawks, but of, <laughs> of race wars. They want one, pretty much. They keep inciting stuff. And so, um, I'm, we're not saying this to justify, because nobody should be murdered. But to say that this was an innocent man who was taking the subway, 
and had nothing wrong with him. And the only crime in their eyes was that he was black and that made him a victim. And then to say that the 24-year-old Marine, well, do you have his name? I, I forget his name. Uh, I believe his his name is Daniel Penny, I believe. Daniel Petty? Penny. Penny? Daniel Penny? Well, Daniel Penny wasn't, like what they like to say, wasn't a 24-year-old uh, white Marine veteran, a stereotype they have, and he wasn't going down to the subway saying, oh, today's a great day to go down to the subway and kill and hunt some black guys. That's not what he was doing. He was taking the subway like everyone in New York City. And as people who have who, you know, go, are in, have worked in New York City. But I, I remember when I worked in New York City, I remember taking the subway. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. I've even seen violent stuff. But you know why it's not talked about? Because it's mostly black on black. Or Hispanic on black. Or mostly black on black. Or Hispanic on black. Not white against black. That's not what it is. But as soon as, but this is already characterized on the internet as this is another sign of anti-black racism. That this crime is. It's like, no, that's ridiculous. Because, there's, first of all, there's a black man there restraining, not Penny, he's restraining Jordan Neely. Because witnesses said, and by the way, when the New York Times says witnesses and doesn't classify the witnesses, okay, that's how you already know that there wasn't it wasn't white people. Because I bet you if it was only white people saying that he was being violent, he was being violent, you know, he was disturbing the peace, they would have wrote, white people on the train said he was being, he was disturbing the peace. No, they said witnesses. Yeah, uh, everybody on that train. And by the way, if you're ever taking a train in New York City, it's not a lot of white people on it. Especially if you're taking the F train to Brooklyn or Queens or the Bronx. There's not a lot of white people on it. I've I've said this before um, on the last video. Of the uh, We were talking about the, uh, I think, the 17-year-old kid who was shot by uh, a white man. Yeah, wrong, wrong. Yeah, and I mentioned it before. You guys are falling for it. Uh, the whole media hypocrisy and how the politicians are trying to push it. it, it they're really trying to push it so hard. They're trying to create this division right here. Um, I remember watching a, a clip yesterday. Uh, a bunch of protesters were in the subway. Literally just standing right on the fucking tracks. Uh, and, and, and the train would stop completely. And then there was another instance where uh, protesters were blocking the door. Where people weren't able to get out you know yeah. they were blocking the door and then they were telling another black man oh you can't get out you can't get out we're right here protesting for jordan neely and then the and then another person was telling him, yo they're lynching us they're lynching they're lynching us if you're if, okay if you guys are any like ufc like fans or anything if they do a chokehold is that what we is that what we're gonna call it now are we gonna call it lynching oh oh my god he's lynching him he's lynching him it's so dumb well, I mean, you're not going to be allowed to have a, You can't use a chokehold on a black person. If Imag your is black, you can't chokehold him. Even if you're black. Imagine Joe Rogan or uh, Daniel Cormier just, like, screaming on the on a commentary, like, Oh, he's lynching him! He's lynching him! He's about to win! He's about to win! Like, I don't know. It, it's so dumb. But I, I, I said it before. You guys are, like, literally falling for this shit again. No, yeah, it's totally well. It's it's all demagoguery. They're trying. Remember, this isn't this isn't a, a small community movement. This is a this is a nationwide ideological movement based in anti-white sentiment. Remember, they're not pointing this out. If 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 Daniel Penny is Daniel Pena and he's a Dominican who lives in Jackson Heights, they're not throwing this out in the news. They're not because it doesn't play into anything. Remember, Jordan Zimmerman, I believe, was. Like raised in California, but his I think his mother was Peruvian or Ecuadorian. If and I think his uh his last name was Jorge. Uh, I think it was Pena too, 
or was it something like that? He could have, if he had come out and said, I'm not Jordan Zimmerman, my name is Jorge Peña, my name is Jorge, Jorge, whatever it is, Nieves. Do you think the media would have continued? No, they wouldn't have. Barack Obama wouldn't have come out there and said, um, what's his name? Um, I, I just, I just forgot what the kid's name is. But remember, he said, that's like the black son I never had. Remember, he said, that's the son I never had. What president says that? <laughs> no president says that. I've never heard a president come out and say, Bill Clinton never went out and said that O.J. Simpson's wife was uh, the the, the second daughter he never had. But we never had anybody. We never had rhetoric like that. But, you know, Obama's a discussion for another day. But this is the big, those were like the beginnings of what's now happened nationwide. That it's all based in pretty much flaming racial tensions between groups that don't need to have. Because if you look at the data, remember, 90% of the crime that happens on black people is done by black people, unfortunately young and male. 13% of the population commits 60% of the crimes, but it's really 6%, which is half of that, the black men are committing the majority of those crimes. Still over 50%. That's the problem. But you can't point that out, because if you point that out, you're racist. Remember, Vivek Ramaswamy pretty much pointed out that you that you can't feel that you're being oppressed, and what did Don Lemon say to him? He said, well, you're not black. But the, I've no, I've seen Indian people I've seen Pakistanis. I've seen Indian people that are blacker than Don Lemon. Remember, we were, we were, remember, I think we were going to a train station in Edison. And I remember I was in a different car and I told you guys, I saw a black Indian guy with a pink turban. It was a funny sight. I remember telling you guys, but he was, he's blacker than Barack Obama. Why is that he's a funny sight? Than, huh? Why is that a funny it sight? It was ironic. It was funny. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What are you trying to say? It was hilarious to see that. It was a bright pink turban. And this dude was blacker than Don Lemon. But you see the point? That the point is, you can't say that. Vivek Ramaswamy is black. He's darker than Don Lemon. But Don Lemon says that we're not black, so you can't say that. So, well, what is he then? <laughs> it's like, you. what does that mean? So if you're telling me that skin color... Remember, the, the left said this. Demography, demography is destiny. So that's why they get mad when people call out the fact that there's a great replacement theory because they say that that's racist but they're pretty much le leading to events like this they stoke racial tensions like this that peak people that lead people to think that that theory is real yeah remember that's what they're doing where black people are protected you can't criticize he's not different i mean he was a drug addict he was a, he, he was mentally ill but now they're saying that he was only mentally ill because his father was assassinated was murdered okay that's and by the way, now you can't criticize him because not only is he black, but now his his father was murdered and he was raised. Oh, and I think no, his mother was murdered. No, wasn't yeah, it? no, yeah, his his mother was, was uh, his mother was when murdered. he was fourteen. Anyways, and so now uh, you can't criticize that because if you're that you're not only racist, but you're also heartless. That's bullshit. And then what else? They they kind of did the same thing with. The, uh, do you remember the kid's name who did the school shooting at Florida? Uh, I think it was Parkland. What was his name Nick Nicholas something like that? Oh yeah, Nicholas. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He was just. I. Think I, was I remember. American. I don't think he's white. I don't know if he was Hispanic. He had a Hispanic last name, I think. Um, I'm not too sure, but. Um, I remember reading some comments, and uh, I remember someone said that uh, you know, he was going through a lot of mental, you know, situations, especially when his father, his mother, was care. not around. But they didn't care at all. No. Yeah, so it was like, what's the difference with this one? Like now, we're... his last name is Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas Cruz. There you go. 
So uh, that's pretty much like a Cuban last name, probably. He's in the Parkland area. That's Fort Lauderdale, and, Broward County area. And you can, you can easily tell that Nicholas was not in his head at all. No, he's not in his head. Is but because he has mental. white skin, but because he has white skin, that 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 uh, that privilege, that that excuse, is taken. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not given that excuse. Remember, because he's white. So yeah, exactly. Now they're trying to point this on Jordan Neely that oh, he's. He's going through yeah. a lot mentally, you know. He all he asked was food and water. It's like, how do we oh. how do we know that? All we saw was a but video. The witnesses of him haven't said, but witnesses are saying that he's not. Witnesses are saying that no, he was violent. That's what the family. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, but remember, this is the whole point. They're 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 setting this. You can't you can't criticize black people. You can't you can't uh, say anything bad to them. You can't tell them that they're wrong. You can't criticize their culture. You can't criticize. The way they dress, the way they speak. You can't criticize anything about anybody. But they can come out and say that white people are horrible. And oh, I don't want to be around any white people. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. But they want to be able to date white girls and white women. The men do. That's what they want. So it's it's a whole hypocrisy because it's all sophistry. They're not they're not serious about they, what they want. They're not serious. They're only doing this for power. Because at the end of the day, their ideology, their ideology is a conduit for them to obtain more power. Because that's what they want. Like what they have now. What they want is to be able to pretty much demonize the military. Well, they want so that it's not as white as it is before. Because that's what they hate. Even if that costs us our lethality. Especially in a time where we need a strong military because of the threats outside of us. But they don't care about that because that's not diverse. It's not diverse enough. So what are they doing? And this is, by the way, a two-fold attack. Because the fact that Daniel Penny is white. He's also a Marine, and the same congresswoman in New York City, remember, AOC, like I think it was about one or two weeks ago, was pretty much pissed off that someone, she was like, how dare somebody say that I was advocating for military recruitment? When in the world would I, I would have never expected, I, I would have thought of it, it would happen, but I've never expected it to actually happen, that a singing Cong member of Congress of the U.S. government, sworn to the Constitution, would say, I hate our military, and I would never help people recruit to it. Especially now, when we need people, when to we need it the most. Yep. Numbers are so low. Yep. But because it's white, and the military is predominantly white, and by the way, this fact that they want to ignore, in all of the wars we have, the the predominant death, the the white people white people die more in our wars than any other group. Black people think that they're the ones being oppressed because they set up they set up a mil- they set up an army uh, an army recruitment center in a black community. Now they're saying it's the government that wants to kill us. Yeah, but who's dying in our wars, dumbass? White people are, for the most part. Not for a little, little margin, a huge margin. And they're the ones going to wars. They're the ones going to Iraq, Afghanistan. They're the ones dying there. But no, that you don't like that because they're white. It's just a stereotype. That's what they're doing. It's really disturbing talk. It's really disturbing because we know we should remember, and we do know where this ends up. You end up like Yugoslavia. You end up like Rwanda. You end up like a lot of other disturbing countries that have had horrible things happen to them. Yeah. People forget genocides happened. People love Hotel Rwanda because it's Africans and they they love Africans until they actually have to put money down or do something for them. But when they're in conversationally, they love Africa. Remember what happened in that movie? There was a genocide, a literal genocide, because one group of people who were of a different ethnicity or race thought that the other one deserved to die because they were inferiors. Also, what happened in Yugoslavia? All these different groups put together hated each other, where there was racial crimes. Racial crimes. They were white, but they were different ethnicities. Same same thing here. That's what you're doing here. 
we know where this ends. But they think that this they think this is just a game, but it's not. It's not a game. So apparently, um, according to a New York Post, a Manhattan grand jury could be convened as early as next week to determine whether to indict Penny. Yeah, he's already released a statement, I think, uh, as of today or uh, last night, pretty much saying that um, um, uh, that he that this that uh, what's his face Peely was a threat to people, and you know, um, look, I think uh, I think I discussed with you off air, but this is a problem that we now have, especially now since it's another multifaceted of the whole, I guess, national problem that we have. Whereas he's not going to have a fair ju- he's not going to have a fair trial. Oh no. Because I can I can already see that. DA, no. No. A leftist DA is not going to put a jury with people that are going to be sympathetic to him. So the DA or whoever's the prosecutor is going to say, I want a jury who's going to indict this man for a crime, for saying, Well murder. Because they don't want any more people getting away. Remember, uh what's his face? The kid in Wisconsin, um who had the self defense case. Uh Kyle Rittenhouse. There you go. I keep forgetting the names. God damn it. Remember, <laughs> remember, he didn't kill black people. He killed. He killed. He, he shot people in self defense at a protest. A protest for a black man who, by the way, fit the same character. He had a history with the with the police. He was a criminal. I think he'd gone to jail before. He had warrants for his arrest. And at the time where he got shot, what was he doing? He was, I think, assaulting a woman. And then that woman, who's also a minority, got assaulted by BLM because they said, "How dare you call the cl- the police on a black man?" Yeah, I, I think hilarious. I think she called because this, is, uh, this isn't this isn't, uh, this isn't new. This is all a trend. It's typical. That's why I said it's typical. Yeah, this is what happens. George Floyd was a criminal. Uh, and, but what they use is because they're demagogues and they're sophists and they don't have any rational thought left in them, and they're not capable of that because they're ideologically uh, incompetent. And intellectually uh, retarded, what do they do? They use, oh, well, Ahmaud Arbery was killed by three white people in vigilante justice. Okay, well, name me another one. Because for one, I can name you 10 or 50, or even worse, I can name you thousands of black people killed because of black people, but you don't really care about them. What you care about is black people that have cr- criminal histories, which who aren't the best of the best, who aren't even decent people, and then you make them martyrs. So now Jordan Neely is going to be remembered, but he's going to remember for the wrong reasons. He's not going to be remembered because he was a poor soul that could have been helped out in his life, but the black community abandoned him and failed him too. Yeah, so his fault was that. He's going, to be remembered to, he's going to be a martyr now because he was killed in the name of anti-black uh, racism. That's, what, that's why he's going to be remembered, even though that has nothing to do with this. Because that's what they do. Remember, why... What, they always tell you George Floyd was killed by police because he was black, not because he had done something. They tell you what happened in Ferguson was because the guy was black, not because he uh, went to an Indian guy's convenience store, stole, and then his groups of people, when the police was called them, they came back and burned the place down. And I think they even assaulted and tried. I think they might have killed that man who owned the convenience store. Uh, no, that I, guy's don't, a I don't know. I don't know if he killed him. No, I don't think he did. But that guy's a victim, though. He, he, did, he did hurt him, though. He did hurt him, though. He did, yeah. He was injured, I think. Yeah, he, I don't know if he died or not. But his convenience store was burned down in an act of revenge because he said that the Indian man called him because he was racist. No, it's because he committed a crime. So that's the trying trend. to call us racist motherfuckers. People need to realize this trend. It's not a laughing matter anymore. It's 
that criminals are black criminals in particular are a protected class in America. They can do nothing wrong, and if you criticize them, you're racist. And if you're Hispanic, black, Asian, and you're not white, and you try to defend the people that are that are actually innocent here, and actually logically criticize the fact that these people were criminals, what 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 do you what is told? What you get attacked, you get called an Uncle Tom, you get called a shill, you get called a bunch of names, even though that has nothing to do with it. Oh yeah, it was burned down. Oh well, yeah, it was burned down. It, the whole town was burned down. Yeah, but not nothing being said about the uh, store owner died off of it. Something I think like the that. store owner was like assaulted or something. He was assaulted, yes. <clears throat> yeah, he was assaulted. No, and but that's the whole trend. That's the, that's just a little tidbit, but this is a trend that's been going on for years now. People need to understand this isn't new. This has been happening for a while now. Yeah, it's not new, but I. I think after the, the whole George Floyd, um, I feel like a lot of people have waken up to this. Uh, I, I don't think they'll, I don't think a lot of people will fall for it that easily. Uh, sadly, with the protesters in New York, they they fell for it once again. Um, well, because New York is a, is a cesspool. Remember, that's like their little headquarters. Yeah. Cities are, are always have always been left leaning like this. They're always left leaning. They, they they tend to be like that. But these people, these remember, these are young activists that have since George Floyd's passing have been convinced. That what they always thought, because remember, these people, dude, you, we grew up in this community. We're not, we're not, we're not people that grew up only with, like, you only grew up with Indians or I only grew up with Hispanics. We both grew up around black people. Yeah. They're, they're raised to do how many, what are they raised to believe? That they're victims, that white people are crazy and racist, and two, that they, they, they should hate cops. I remember we were used to be in high school and people in our class who were Hispanic and black used to say, Oh, fuck the cops. It's like, what are you saying fuck the cops for? Like what did they do? What did they do to you? And they say fuck the cops in a town that have a police force that is half Hispanic, half black. With a police chief that's black, with a mayor that's black, with a city council that's all fully black and Hispanic. That's what they do. That's what they're raised to do. Yeah, I I, I know, you know I know I know what you're saying. It. It's it's really annoying. We're not yeah. we're not saying that like all blacks or Hispanics are like that. We we, we know a lot of good well, a lot black of them are. And, and, and a lot of them are. People. No, we have to call it out. We have to call but, it out. Yeah, yeah. We, we've seen those kind like of people. That. No, yeah. they are. We've seen it. We've seen we've it. Seen it. That's what they're like. And we keep putting, we keep saying that, though they're not all like that. They'll be, um, they'll be Republicans one day. Who gives a shit? They're like that. They're raised because the culture is like that. Rap music. What does rap music, what does rap music uh, pretty much glorify? It glorifies hood culture. What is in the hood? Pathetic people that can't get a job and are stupid and lazy. Who can't speak in complete sentences. That's what it is. People who like to do drugs. Who like to disrespect women. And turn them into the thoughts that they are now. Because that's also another, another result. And now the men think that, that that's because they've always been like that. No. The culture made them into that. And then third. They hate the cops and they hate authority. Because they think that they're above it. One, because they're black and they're victims. And th second of all, they just don't want to pay attention. It's not racist to say that. It's what we see. It's what we see. It can't be racist to see. If I see if I see black people in Plainfield, the town that we're from, we're not in it, thankfully, but we're from. When we see them, when we see black gang members attack undocumented Hispanics in the in the in in daylight and attack them at night, the innocent Hispanics that are just trying to get from one from place A to place B, and they're assaulted, and they assault Hispanic women and they like sexually harass their them. Own kind. What are we? Yeah. Is that racist? No. no. That's just us seeing what's going on. That's a crime. And when they're predominantly of a certain group, <clears throat> that's not racist. That's seeing that, oh, wait, 
if I see eight at a time, eight, to, it's like, it's if eight times out of 10, something happens, that's a trend. If eight time, if eight out of 10 times if I see you eating pizza, that means you like pizza. That doesn't mean that it's, that's not racist. <laughs> it's a trend. It's something you do. It's something you like. Not if I see, if I see that 60% of crimes are done by African-Americans and it's mostly men, what am I supposed to conclude that it's racism? No. That for most part, African-American men are the ones committing most of the crimes. That's not racist to say. It's a, it's just a fact. It's what I see. But now you can't say that because of this nonsense, because all this racial demog demagoguery that's going on here. Yeah, people are so uncomfortable with the truth. Yeah. No, they're so uncomfortable because they see, because the culture and the society around them, especially the government that's supposed to back them, not, not support them, but back them, is pretty much not allowing them to say these things. And so if you say this on Facebook or Instagram, you'll get put down. If you say this on YouTube, we'll probably get thrown down when we say this. You can't speak truth because it's racist. And it's anti-black. I don't give a shit if it's anti-black. Fix your community. If, if Don Lemon says that only blacks can comment on the community, well, tell me then, what is the problem and what are you doing to fix it? But he won't say that because he can't say that. He can't say there's nothing wrong. He can't say that LeBron James is ignorant and has done nothing and that he's not, not a victim because then that would eliminate the entire argument that being black is a victim. But he is. But remember, he's not a victim because he has billion. He's a multi, he's a billionaire now, but he has mo, mo, millions and millions of dollars. He can't be a victim. He lives in, he lives in, Bever, uh, he lives in Brentwood in Los Angeles, where by the way, not a lot of black people live. No, he's not a, <laughs> no. <laughs> he's not a victim. A lot of white neighbors. And, uh, I think he's also married to a white guy, right? She's married. No, he's married to a white woman. No, a black. No, woman. Don Lemon. Don Lemon. Oh yeah, well Don Lemon is gay. But oh yeah, who are you talking James. about? Oh LeBron James. No, yeah. Who gives a shit about yeah. Don Lemon? He's gone. He's on a Don Lemon. About someone with a better job. LeBron James, who says he's a victim and pretends to be this intellectual that he's not, goes out and he says, "Well, you know, um, he lives in Brentwood, but he's also a victim because he's black and black and white. White cops want to kill me every day." He says stuff like that. He says that I'm a black man in America. I should be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of what? He's, what are you gonna he's be not afraid? even educated like that. Like, no, he's not educated. You guys gotta remember, he's not he educated like that. He only went to high school. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But if you have a black conservative judge like Justice Thomas, what do they want to do? They want to get rid of him. That's what they want to do. They constantly attack him. Or if you have Thomas Sowell, what do they call Thomas Sowell? Uncle Tom. What do they call uh, Larry Elder? They also call him Uncle Tom. They call him Shill. They call him, they want to be, they want to be white. That's what they call them. Because they have no logical explanation for the things that are happening, and a lot of them Why? don't even know what what is Uncle Tom. No, they don't know anything, dude. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. That's 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 kind of the overall point is that they don't know anything yet. They speak. That's why that's that's why it's all demagoguery because they use emotions demagoguery. and feelings. Like when people say, "Oh, I felt like something racist happened to me," like so I did feel like I had racism in my in my life because I felt that was racist. It's like a, shut the fuck up already. It's like a Give fetish. It, it's it's really annoying. It's a fetish. It is. Good. That's a, that's a good that's a good way of saying it. It's a fetish. They want that to happen. It's like they go out and they want something racist to happen to them now. They want to feel like a victim. Oh my god, I'm a victim. Please, oh no. It's like it's pathetic. A lot of them want to be. This isn't the last time. A lot of them want to be the victim, but a lot of them want to be the hero too. And, and it's but they're doing it in the wrong way. First of all, it shouldn't be even happening. You know how you can be a hero. When you fix your community, which has huge issues, 
when black people in your community don't have actual uh, reading levels that are fit for an adult, when they can't speak in complete, I hate people. I, that's why I hate it. It's like they speak, they don't know how to speak in complete sentences. They don't know how to use proper grammar or syntax, yet they act as if like they're into, like, oh, we was going out. What? Did you saw what happened? What? They don't know how to say anything. They're uneducated. They're they're pathetic, and yet they come out here and act like these these intellect. They act like they're like Booker T. Washington or or like the. That's what they wish they were. Martin Luther King. They think they wish they were Malcolm X, but they're not. They're they're pathetic. They don't know anything, and they can't fix anything. And so when they see that, and so when other people outside the community see that this these people need help because this they, this can't continue and it's unsustainable, what do they say? Oh, you're racist because that's our culture. You don't have a culture. That's not culture. That's a cesspool of a bunch of different bad qualities. Fatherless homes, uneducated children, a bad diet, a bunch of different qualities. A rap culture, a culture that uh, in, that uh, pretty much subsidizes and encourages women to be baby mamas so that they can get food stamps, EBT, and live in, in project housing for like uh, 80 bucks a month. That's what and what do the baby daddies do? Well, they're all about they're in gangs, they use drugs, they like doing music, they like fucking other women. That's what they do. That's the community. That's the big gist of it. Why do I say that? Not because I read a book, it's because I've seen it. Yep. We've seen that. It's all experience. We've yeah. seen it. We've seen it. But people are afraid to point that out. No, point that out. Point out that in the projects of Plainfield, I've seen women who are on pay or on food stamps and get welfare payments, driving fancy cars, they have Mercedes, they have BMW. W's, they have them tinted out, they have them modded up, they have the brand new iPhones, iPads, but they're oppressed because they're black. Give me a break, man. Alright, let's talk about something else. This is And if you guys don't like it, you can sniff my dick. No, no, don't do that. That's 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 too bad. That's that's uh, there I think there are less bad punishments. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um I don't know, having to clean up after Joe Biden. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, I tell you, you're right. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to um, Ukraine. There was a video that was posted that I saw that there was uh, the Russians pretty much proclaimed that there was a strike against um, the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. Uh, that essentially the argument is that the Ukrainians launched a drone and this drone was directed to assassinate Vladimir Putin and mysteriously popped up. It went so close to the Kremlin. Nobody nobody picked it up before it got there. But right as it was going over the Kremlin, that's when it was destroyed. Um, but the Russians couldn't pick that up, which is, I guess, hard to believe. Um, yeah, I don't honestly, like, I don't know who to trust anymore. I, 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 I really don't. News, like, yeah. And this is when happening where there's a new spring offensive coming up. Uh, soon it should be starting soon honestly um and the united states has essentially given everything to the ukrainians we've given them all types of artillery anti-missile anti-tank we've given yeah. them, i think we're even giving them f-13 so jets. annoying um they've received armored vehicles they're receiving tanks um i mean that we if we go by what that leak happened um i wouldn't be surprised if there's um if there's um, U.S. special troops in Ukraine, um, there we're also sending uh, M1 Abrams tanks soon. Apparently, there's a timeline to get that there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all these weapons, by the way, being thrown, being shipped there through through Poland. So we're sending it through Poland. Um, now the Germans are getting are starting to send out planes. Uh, Spain is starting to send out uh, Leopard tanks and. Oh really? Um, yeah, and Challenger tanks and to the Ukrainians. So Europe is starting to set up. Now, I think I can speak for both of us. Uh, maybe you have a slightly more uh, further opinion on this. Go but for it. I don't think we should have any interest in this. No, I I agree with you with that. Yeah, and and I honestly, um, you know, Ukraine is Ukraine as a country has existed for really only thirty years. This notion that it was a country for a long, long time is not true. Not true. Ukraine, and by the way, the Ukraine you see today hasn't been Ukrainian, isn't actually Ukraine. It was Ukraine since 1940 or 1939. So I'm going to pull up a video of what we're talking about and then we can discuss Ukraine. I don't think we discussed Ukraine on this show yet, but it's a perfect time. Yeah, uh, I don't think we did, maybe. I think we did probably the first or the second episode. All right, man. So here's this video here of what happened here this week. In, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, but what happened here in Ukraine. All right, let's just get. It. All right, here it is. There it is, right there. Pretty much, we'll just show it. It's coming in from here. Um. um so nobody shot it down; it just exploded. No, they they shot it down. That's what that's what that was. I couldn't even I didn't even see anything that uh what they used to shot it down. We're not gonna use a big missile. Or what do you think they're gonna use? Look, they're just gonna shoot. Like it I down. expect them to use a fucking rifle or something. It's probably used trying to use anti missile or anti uh anti anti drone technology. Uh. So, the Russians have essentially said that um, this was designed to assassinate Vladimir Putin. Look, I'm not surprised. I'm sure he has people trying to assassinate him. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> there are several bad things happening with this Ukrainian war because the story keeps changing. At first, the reason we were sending weapons was why? Well, because they wanted to push the Russians out of Ukraine. Out of Ukrainian territory. Now, that's all disputed, by the way. But that's what they said. Ukrainian territory. Then it became that Joe Biden essentially called for Vladimir Putin to be replaced, i.e. Well, regime change in Russia, which would be the dumbest idea ever. And then, then they also, then well, they also then announced that uh, Vladimir Putin committed war crimes. Okay, I'm sure he probably has. And now, what's the argument? Well, the Ukrainians have been conducting these special operations in Russian territory, by the way, but it's not getting reported on by the Western press. You have to hear it from people. Really, you have to get it from journalists on Twitter, which is the unfortunate part because the media can't be dependent on it anymore. So if you look at yeah. independent journalists on Twitter, they're the same people. The independent journalists on Twitter and Substack are the ones that have brought out the truth about Nord Stream 2, the truth about the Ukrainian war, where the money's going, what's been going on. They're the only ones reporting on this because the media keeps saying the same thing. Two things. That the Ukrainians need more weapons and money. And two, all at the same time that they need more and more, that they're winning this war. But when we see this leaked uh, Pentagon report, what is the what are they saying? 
Well, what we already knew, because we've heard it from other sources, that Ukrainians are being killed, I think, to a ratio of 3 to 1. I think it might even be 6 to 1. So 6 Ukrainians dead per 1 Russian. 1 Russian soldier. Uh, also, that the fact that they're having to be trained to use this weaponry. Um, and then what, what do we know is that, remember, when the war started, they said that there, there was this group of, there was essentially this entire uh, a group of, Ukra of Ukrainian soldiers that were veterans and that were highly trained and skilled. They had a specific name to them. I think they were the Kiev something. Um, they're all dead. They're all dead by now. Because they just have to be. The numbers of the amount of people that are dying in Ukraine. So the skilled soldiers and skilled uh, servicemen in Ukraine aren't there anymore. And these are all just new recruits. All the women have left the country. All the men are there, are stuck That's fighting cool. a war that they can't uh, effectively win in the long term. Why? Because two things. Russia is... Far more populous, and so it has way more, way, way more people. And second of all, it has, it has way more weapons than them. So this idea that the Russians are going to run out of weapons, is that's not true. It's not going to happen. Because the Chinese, are, through the black markets, are going to send them weapons. Russian black uh, weapons dealers are still going to operate because they have places in Africa, uh, South America, mm -hmm. the Middle East, or in Asia, where they can weapons. <clears throat> they're also using other countries as conduits like Belarus, Belarus essentially is the puppet state of, of Russia it always has been, it still is and what are they doing? Well they're allowing soldiers to run through Belarus and go through the north or south Belarus and invade from the north um, I think what matters more to me because this is all the war part is you know, you can all see the, the maps and where the battles have happened and they're bloody battles I mean they're just flattening the entire country Easy videos of what's going on. I had some. I saw some ridiculous people, and this is what I hate about the right, the conservatives. Sometimes is that the war is fake. It's not real. It's like no, it's obviously real because they're sending our weapons there. Don't you see the weapons? Living? You can't say that they're sending all our weapons and then say the war is fake. Right. That's yep. like say those two, but they justify it by saying that they're sending it to some imaginary or that. Have you act? Do you actually? Do you really think they're sending them? It's like okay, are you defending them now? But do you think it's over exaggerated though? Because you you as because you've also death noticed. That... No, I think the death toll is grossly under 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 uh, estimated. But also, there's way more people dying. But also because the media is showing it's not showing things that we need to know is what I'm saying. It's not. That's why. So it's because yeah, it's like the it's like they don't losing you. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're not showing. They're not showing that a lot of Ukrainians are dead. Soldiers, most of them are dying. Remember, they're not telling you that there's a three or I think it was three. It's worse if it's six, but I think it's a three to one ratio. Three Ukrainian soldiers die per one. It might be five or six. If it is, I'm sorry for being wrong, but that's worse. I mean, at least if it's three, they're making it sound better. Six is horrible. But they have a history of Remember when the war started? Remember that island in the Black Sea that they said was surrounded by Russians and the Ukrainians said, uh, uh, fuck you, Russians. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we found out that those guys were actually still alive and that they weren't uh, essentially um, shot down. The, the island was essentially uh, ruined and that where the bunker that they were staring at, uh, the, the, the military base they were staying at was effectively destroyed by missiles. That's what they said happened. That didn't happen. What did we see later? Well, those guys were just captured by the Russians. So, like, there's these conflicting stories. Um... I, I, I'm really concerned because of the rhetoric that's being used. Not because I think Vladimir Putin's going to use nuclear weapons. That's concerning too, but it's mainly as a fault of the United States. 
propagating this war to the fact that it's happened and now it's getting worse and worse and we keep sending stuff and now Europe keeps sending stuff and we have people joining NATO that really don't have to join NATO like Finland, I think Sweden, I think there's other countries trying to join. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's the whole charade going on. What I don't like is when they say we're going to end this war when, when, when uh, Ukraine takes back all of its territories. What does that mean? Eastern Ukraine and Crimea. Now, they're not taking Crimea back because that's not going to happen. Vladimir Putin's not going to allow it. Also, it's been Russian for several years now, and it had been Russian for centuries before that. I think that's what we don't realize, that we keep saying, remember, Ron DeSantis took heat because he said it was a border war, but then he changed his position because he's a flip-flopper. But in a sense, he's actually right. It is a border war. It's a border. It's a war between what sections does, does Ukraine, it's essentially a war on pretty much a conflict on what, where the borders begin where they end where does russia start and where does ukraine end and so i have these photos i want to pull up because people need to get a little educated on um what ukraine actually was and what it has been remember most of western ukraine was polish it was polish for hundreds of years hundreds i'm not talking about one or two hundred years i'm talking about five six seven hundred years major cities in ukraine have been Ukrainian in Western Ukraine, have been Ukrainian since 1939. But they were Polish speaking for centuries before that. I'm talking about since, I'm talking about Lviv. I'm talking about cities in Lithuania. I'm talking about cities in Belarus. These are, these are essentially countries that were portioned off from former Poland when Soviet Union, Russia, made a deal with Hitler and they, and they invaded Ukraine and they split it up between two. So I'm going to show a map of essentially Poland in 1939 and what that invasion was mm -hmm. i'm gonna pull that up uh, because i think we keep talking about um you know these uh you know um you know borders and territory that this is ukrainian that this is russian because it's been russian since 1991 okay well if we're gonna follow that logic that means that all of that's in polish remember the the, the russians and the ukrainians after world war ii they could have given up what they had illegally taken. Why didn't they? Well, because in a meeting with the Allies, what when when Churchill and the Americans pretty much told uh, Stalin that you know the the Pope won't won't really like that you keep this territory because there's a bunch of Polish people in the Polish or Catholic, and he told them you know well the Pope isn't going to really like that because a bunch of his people are under your dominion. And what did what did Stalin say? How many brigade? How many divisions does the Pope have? What do you think that means? Well, how many men does the Pope have? He doesn't have any. Okay, well, that's it. There's nothing else to be said. W who's going to take it from me? And that was the Allies, essentially. Um, so I'm going to pull this photo off so you can check it out. Um, and I'm going to give you a little explanation as to what is um, right here. You see so, this right here? So pretty much the war with uh, Russia and Ukraine is going to be a really long war. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Ukraine is going to take back... Uh... It's territory again. No, no, it's not. So this, this, this right here, this is essentially Poland. All right here. This is essentially Poland. Pretty much until 1939. This was East Prussia. This was also parts of... Uh, these were parts of Germany uh, that were taken. So this right here was annexed by the Soviet Union in 1939. 
right here. All of this. Okay. This town that you see here, which is Polish, the wow. This is this is eastern. This is western Ukraine, right here. This right here, uh, Brzezak. This and we, we'll know this is Vilnius, uh, Lithuania. So this essentially here is with Lithuania. Parts of this are Belarus. This essentially is western Ukraine. This has become western Ukraine. This was Polish. All of this was Polish. Mm. All of this was Polish. This is Warsaw right here. The Germans came up and essentially divided that line when they invaded. Okay. So the question is, in these parts of Poland that were Polish for centuries, 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 and those parts of Western Ukraine were, were Russian for centuries and centuries. I'm talking about since the 1200s and 1400s, when Ukrainian wasn't really even a term. That's how long there was a Polish Empire, and these were parts. These were these were actual things that happened, and yet they're saying, "Well, this does they deserve to be Polish because I mean they deserve to be Ukrainian because they were Ukrainian since 1991." Okay, well, following that logic again, that's why I'm saying this because for a long time they weren't. And here's another photo here, essentially what happened. So this is 1939. This is Germany right here, but it includes the territories they took from the Czechs, the Slovakians, the Austrians, pretty much when they took the Rhineland. This is Poland. This is Poland. You recognize this map? Yeah. This is Poland in 1939. What did the Soviets do? Well, they invaded and they took all this territory. Remember, Lithuania used to be essentially a kingdom with the Poland. It was called the Polish-Lithuanian Kingdom or Empire. It, Poland had all this territory. And Poland was a, in the 1500s, 1600s, 1400s, 1200s even. It was a formidable power in Europe. It was a big power. Um, not, you know, not like the British and the other ones, but it was a formidable power in Eastern Europe. Uh, Germany didn't exist as a country, but it was divided up into different uh, city-states and pretty much different territorial states, kingdoms, mm -hmm. that made up a giant a federation of German kingdoms. So this was Poland. This is Eastern, this is, this is Western Ukraine right here. This is Western Ukraine. Effectively, this is all of Ukraine. Right. Today, this is mostly Ukraine, Belarus, Lithuania. This is what the Soviet Union annexed in nineteen in nineteen forty uh, forty five when the war ended. The Germans essentially said, the the Russians, I mean, pretty much said, we're not giving that back. This is ours. I mean, who's going to take it from us? The Pope? I mean, okay, bad for the Pope, but this is uh, this is mine. So they kept all this. So you literally have towns in 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 uh, Ukraine today. That for centuries were Polish. Again, I said Liev. In that, what is it called? Lwow. It probably has a different pronunciation. I'm sorry, but I can't pronounce uh, Polish. But what is it called? It's called Liev, which is a Ukrainian town. Mm -hmm. There's many others. Many others. But Poland essentially came a shell of itself. This is pretty much what's, what remains of Poland. I think it's not as large as it was then. It might be smaller. But when we talk about we're going to reconquer borders and we're going to push back the Russians to, I've heard people say 1991 lines. I've seen these people say 1941 lines. That's dangerous talk because you're now pretty much saying they're going to push them completely out of territory that has been Russian for a long, long time. Because now you think that that's right. But again, it's not right because that was Polish. So do the Poles come in and say, well, this is ours because for centuries it was, it was mine. Close to a thousand years, even it was ours. No, they're not going to. 
And if he did, Zelensky would be really pissed off and say, how dare you give me more money? So there's really no end in sight, and that's the alarming part. You also have another thing is that the United States has been so humiliated by, by Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, who, by the way, they said would get, they said Donald Trump would get us into World War III. They said Donald Trump would get us into uh, a nuclear war with North Korea. They said that he would get us into, he would embarrass us on the world stage. All of that is happening under Joe Biden, the elder statesman from Scranton, who never existed, by the way. <laughs> and now, now what's happening? I think, what did you have? You had essentially Macron in France go to China and say, hey, one, we're not going to get involved in Taiwan, and I'm going to tell the rest of the European Union not to do so, because we're not going to be allowed, we're not going to allow the United States to bring us into conflict, which is just being a puppet, to, a shield to China. And then second of all, what did, they, what did he say? He said, I urge you, implore you to find a way to stop this war. He told China that. He told China, who has now begun sending weapons to, to Russia. People aren't calling them out yet, and the government won't, but that's what's happening. He's sending Russia weapons to Russia. And so now what's also happening? There's going to be a potential, and Zelensky has also welcomed that he wants China. He wants China to provide a ceasefire or a peace deal that would end the war in Ukraine. You think he's going to do that? Who? Uh, the Chinese? Yeah. Well, the Chinese would love to. Because what did I tell you before? I think I told you this off camera. That would be the end of U.S. global uh, hegemony. Oh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Because we yeah. would no longer be allowed to go and tell countries to do certain things, that you should be more democratic, that you should be... And remember, yeah. It's been a process. It's been a process. It's not something that Joe Biden came in and it ruined it. It was a process of things adding up. Remember, the, the world is seeing this. We don't see it from our lens because we're here and we're focused on this, but the world does see it. They see that when we go to an embassy in South Sudan, or when we go and we have an embassy in Kabul, Afghanistan, what do we do? We paint the mural of George Floyd on the side of the building, even though they have nothing to do with it. What do we do? We paint gay flags on their streets. We do that in South Sudan. We do it in Kabul. We do it in South Korea. That's what we do. And then we go and we tell them that, okay, we're going to give you billions of dollars to fund your education system, but you have to tell, you have to teach Afghan kids about gender transitions, transgenderism, feminism and, and lgbtq bullshit that's what they what we tell them that's disgusting you have to effectively teach feminism and you have to have degrees at the university of kabul that are uh degrees in feminist studies degrees in, in transgenderism degrees in, in intersectional uh, intersectionality which by the way give nobody employment in anything ever and also isn't really needed that's the problem so well, the world sees that and says, oh, they're giving you dollars, but they're making you gay. They're making you gay and they're making you woke. And the world doesn't want that because for most of the world, for most of the 8, eight trillion people on this planet, what do they want? What they worry about is, do I have a job? Can I pay my bills? Can I get food, water? And is my community safe for my family? That's what they worry about. They didn't worry about did uh, Ahmad Arbery get attacked by uh, white vigilantes in the name of black racism. They don't give a damn if Joe Biden had ice cream today. They don't care if AOC thing is offended. They don't care that AOC is putting a bill on the House floor with Matt Gates on um, on uh, congressmen, on the people members of Congress um, not trading stocks. They don't give a shit about that. They don't care. They don't. Because those are first world problems. What they're worrying about is Am I, am I, is my family and I going to be safe tonight 
are we going to have the opportunity to get food and, and water for them to for them tonight and tomorrow? What is going on? That's what's going on there. But this is what we do, and so it's a, it's a co- it's a cumulative process that adds up and adds up, and then you couple that with the problems we have at home, where we have lower military recruitment. We're in a, we're we're really in trouble here, which is why we need to have a shift, massive change in twenty twenty four, because we're really in trouble. Yeah, because I, I honestly, if nothing's being changed after twenty twenty four, I don't think. Oh, it's over. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's, it's over. It. We're done. Completely. Yeah, it's done. We're gonna be having. We're gonna have to learn Chinese again and move to China. <laughs> yeah, and, and the left yeah. is gonna like that. I hate it. I hate it, Mandarin, man. I hate yeah, it, Mandarin. No. And <laughs> we're gonna have to. Yeah, and you're gonna hate it even worse because in China, the left is gonna love it, but you're gonna hate it because in, in China, they have abortion on demand, even up to nine months, and they have they have uh, digital's cre- cre- uh, credit. They're going to love the social credit system. They're going to love all of those things. Oh, until, man. Until, until the Chinese pretty much tell them, oh, I don't care that you're black. You have to go work in the salt mines. And you have to go work in the uh, aluminum fields. Oh, oh, you're black and you like rap? We don't do that here. You have to learn math and you have to know how to read. Which these communities don't know how to do either. They can't do math and they don't know how to read. Good luck to them. Holy fuck. <laughs> Good luck to them. So, but this is what's in store for us if we don't do anything. Which is why we have to do something. And it's insane because we... we know or i know that the united states prevented a ceasefire in the war of ukraine in february of last year not february um, in i believe march or april effectively the u.s government told boris johnson when he went to ukraine to not engage in any talks of ceasefires or peace deals or treaties with the russians that happened so mm-hmm. we now have a record and Zelensky knows that which is why he'll welcome and because Zelensky's a snake and a rat he would welcome a china He's brokered ceasefire because he might have some understanding that maybe he'll keep some territories. Maybe he won't keep Crimea, but he'll keep some Western territories. Right. We have to have a higher delicate count of representatives in the uh, Ukrainian parliament that represent Eastern territories. Yeah, sure. He might. But if it ensures that he'll keep either he'll stay in power or better yet, he'll be alive, Zelensky, after this war. Because Zelensky is a dead man walking, he has no other way. Either he has he has to keep the war going until he's until he faces a, until he gets a ceasefire, until he gets two things: a ceasefire with a potential treaty, or or he wins the war, or he wins or loses this war. Because he's a dead man walking. That's the only that's the only two results he has. He can't walk back. So he's looking for a way out, and if he sees one, he'll take it if it gives him security. Because he doesn't care about anybody but himself. So that's what's going on here. So we we're in a huge, uh, we're in a huge. Um, we're in deep shit, guys. Yeah, we're in a huge conundrum here because uh, there's no there's no U.S. leadership. No. Remember, we just saw another example. Sudan just collapsed, and this was Sudan. By the way, was an experiment that the Obama administration committed during his presidency. Those were one of the other wars that he was engaged in. Sudan and South Sudan, not only with Somalia, and Yemen. Which but were bombed the hell out of by Obama, the man who won a Nobel Peace Prize. That that collapsed. Sudan has collapsed. And what do we find that I was at the embassy? Yeah, they had a they had a George Floyd mural. They had gay pride flags. Why? What's the point? And so people get angry at that because they say this isn't our culture. And if you go down into Southern Africa and you go deeper to Uganda and you see what they say, oh, we don't like the Americans because they make they're trying to promote this gay bullshit on us. And we don't like that because that's that's not our tradition. 
And I don't blame them. And you don't blame exactly. And you should be in these countries should be free to do that. The Chinese will let them keep their anti-gayness, but they're going to say, "Hey, you have to give me all your minerals and all the precious metals you find here are mine, and I'm going to mine them. So you have to give me free access." But the Chinese are going to let them keep their social their social uh, conventions. That's how they play. We need to play that game a little bit because we're not doing that. We're not. We're we don't have smart diplomats. We don't. We don't have smart anything's in our government anymore, and we need them. Because if not, 2030 is going to be more like 2025 when China takes over. They say 2050, 2030. It's going to be 2025 instead if Joe Biden is the president again. Mm-hmm. Or if Kamala Harris is... If any Democrat... Oh, my God. Including RFK Jr. Don't even mention Kamala, man. Kampala? You don't like her? Kampala. Who, who um, likes her? <laughs> uh, I love her. She's hot. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back and talk about other topics. Southern Border, uh, uh, Kevin Crowder, Jeffrey Epstein. And, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, stick with us. We'll be back, and uh, see you then. Hey, guys, it's Lewis here. You know, when I first met Karen Deep, our friend KD, he told me two things. He said, I'm really passionate about two things, that I'm super gay, and I'm a really passionate gamer. And I said, wow. I respected how upfront he was. I said, well, I can respect this. You know, I'm not really a big fan of that first thing he said, but, you know, I can really respect, you know, that he's a gamer. And, you know, over the years, getting to know him even more, I said, wow, this guy's honest. You know, he really was a great gamer. He was right about both things. And so, you know, when he told me I have this new YouTube channel, it's where I post all my gaming content. I said, you know what? That's a good idea because you're really good, really passionate. And, you know, you guys should really check it out. If you guys are also a fan of gaming or, you know, you want to have some, a nice time if you're bored you say you want i want to have i want to laugh i want to see some gameplay maybe in the future we'll do some walkthroughs i want to see some funny ridiculous content check his, his account out it's his channel is crimson gaming the link's down below in our bio really suggest you check it out and you're really gonna enjoy it i really think so and i hope you guys stick with us as we come back to the next part of our show see you then welcome back guys i uh, hope you guys uh went and did your uh pee break and your poop break um, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why <is that> all <laughs> oh, Lord. So we want to discuss uh, about the uh, Tata Ford Two that's expiring at uh, May eleventh. May eleventh. May eleventh. Correct. Yeah, it's expiring on May eleventh. Uh, so what do you think is gonna happen? Um, during that during that day. Well, we're only like a couple of days away, so there's already like a uh, reports of like huge buildups to people trying to get in before that. I think. Uh, I don't think the media does a good job at explaining what Title Forty Two is. Title Forty Two is just an is just a a statute that allows the government to remove people when if there's a virus, a communicable disease in a country. So, for example, if we deter, if we declare there's a communicable disease COVID in Guatemala or El Salvador or Panama, what we do is that we remove people from this from our country who come from those places. And take them back. Um, don't mistake that with the Remain in Mexico policy under Donald Trump, because that's what actually uh, made the country uh, safer, uh, safer, or less people coming in. Where we pretty much were close to having like net, like close to really net zero uh, illegal uh, migration over our border. Remember, the wall was being built, and the wall, you know. Because there's also political uh, stuff going. Well, this is all political, but there's also like electoral yeah. <clears throat> to play here because you have Republicans on the Republican side who haven't announced yet. 
that are saying that if they get in, they would actually build the wall. When it's kind of misleading people, the wall was getting built. It's not Trump sabotage that. It's not Trump that stopped it. It's that the Democrats stopped it. And let's not pretend that they would get it done instead of Trump. When first of all, the idea was Trump's in the first place. Um, to build a new wall that would actually keep people out, and that wall is pretty much incomplete because of the of the administrative state. Um. <laughs> Romanian policy, the Romanian Mexico policy is the one that ought to have been continued. What does that mean? Romanian Mexico policy means that when you come to the border, you you can petition for asylum, but you have to wait in Mexico or the country of your origin to do so. So if you're coming up from Guatemala or El Salvador and you come to the border and seek asylum, it's not like before that where you could just waltz in and then wait for your court date. You have to wait outside of the United States for your court date. It's, it's a fair process. Why is it fair? Because if you're in India or Colombia or Egypt or Belgium or, well, the Europeans have it differently, but, or in South Korea, what do, you have, what do you have to do if you want to get to this country? You have to file for a visa. And so you have to get in line. And you have to wait for your visa appointment after you fill out all the paperwork and you file the fees and you get all your medical tests done. If you want a visa to come in, you have to file paperwork and wait in line. That's the expression where you keep hearing, oh, but the people are legally waiting in line. That's where it comes from. Because these people, what they do is that they just come in and they don't care. They, they're already here. Why would they go back for a court date if they're here already? Right. So it's so stupid. Like, what? I mean, you have a court date. You tell them, okay, come back on March 10th. They're not coming back on March 10th, but they're in wherever the hell they are. You know, they're in Plainfield eating baleadas. Like, that's what they're doing. And... And so that's what that's the actual piece of legislation that's important. Title 42 is just a statute. You can reactivate it and activate it in times of pandemics if we have them in the future, hopefully not. Or if there's a disease that these people have, if there's an outbreak, let's say if there's a Lyme's disease outbreak in Guatemala and your Guatemalans coming over, well, you can remove them because of that. That's always going to be there. That's not illegal. It's just ending because the, the pandemic is over, essentially. And it's that's OK. It's going to end. The problem isn't that, because I hear conservatives saying, how dare they not enforce it? The enforcement should be remaining Mexico policy and not letting people get in. The problem is, it's too late. Because it's over two years and there's already over six million people apparently reported that have entered the country illegally. Way more than that have come in during Trump. Way more, I believe, than came in in Obama's first term or the George Bush administration. Way more. I mean, six million people, that's a lot of people coming in. It is a lot, yeah. It is. And that's why we, we mentioned it in the first uh, segment when we talked about uh, George Neely, we talked about race relations. I mentioned the great replacement theory. People are cynical in this country, especially now. They, they ask them, why is the government allowing the entry of six million people into our government? And if I point that out, why can't, why am I being targeted? Why can't I question that? That's, that's the problem people get. So they have the cynicism and they say, well, it must be because they want to replace the electorate. Bingo. Why else do they want to? Why? Why else are they trying to give people in New York City, which they, I think, did already, or in New Texas along the border? Why do they want to give people who have no papers the right to vote? Well, because since they can't give them paperwork, a path to citizenship, and they don't really care that people if people are citizens anyways, and that term has just become extremely eroded and destroyed for the past, you know, twenty five years. What do they do? They're going to give them the right to vote. Why? Because they want greater numbers. Because they know these people are most likely going to vote for the Democrats. Because I mentioned this, I think, last episode. If these people mm-hmm. were Cuban, if these people were from...
from El Salvador, well, they are, and they haven't, the, Sal the Salvadorians might be the first ones to flip towards the Republican just because of what, how their country is. What I don't like is the fact that they're trying to say that El Salvador is better than America. That's hold up right there. They've done this, they've done this once for the first time. I love it when a country that has a government is finally acting responsible as they should. The people there actually find, think that now that they're now the best country in the world. It's like, okay, you're doing what you should do. It's like a chef making. It's like a chef making food. Okay, congrats. That's what you should be doing, right? Like, what am I congratulating for? It's like a pilot. Oh, I safely landed this plane. You're trained to do that. You should be doing that. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't be overly enjoyed because you landed it. It's like this is part of the process of your job. And so now that that's you know. But even even with Title Forty Two, um, was still on. People were still coming in, knowing that knowing the yeah. fact that COVID was a huge thing around two years ago. Yeah, but nothing was being done. And remember, they used to come in, and remember we used to say like, "Well, they're not vaccinated. They're not being tested. Why do we have to be vaccinated? Why do we have to be tested whenever we want to go somewhere?" Yeah, that that's that's one thing I don't get because you mentioned the other diseases, but it's like. They were still letting people in regarding they had COVID. Yeah, they don't care. That's the thing. I only mentioned that as an example of that. That's why this Title 42 is, exists. Because you can, it can come back. But there's just no point for it. The point is, is that they're not enforcing the border anyways. And that the policy that we should care about is the remain in Mexico. Which it isn't Title 42. Because people, are, I think, are confusing the two. Don't, don't, don't do that. There's one is remain in Mexico, which was the Trump one, which ended the mass immigration that we saw pretty much over time over several months ended it and then title 42 came in during the pandemic that's that's another one okay and it continued until now and by the way they've been wanting to get rid of it but like you just said is that even with it they're still letting people come over yeah and they're still demonizing ice remember remember people have forgot that they um pretty much accused of ice of being a kamala harris then when she was a senator she called she pretty much likened ice to the gestapo she compared them. She said, you know, they could stop them. Like, okay, well, where's the label? <laughs> and then, remember, oh, what did man. say with, uh, what the, and then, remember, the Biden administration has been pretty much demonizing ICE and the Border Patrol and and the entire border in existence. Remember what they did with the Haitians? They said they're trying to win oh, yeah. Haitians at the border. Your first question would be, why are there Haitians at the border? I thought they were just Hispanics. Right. Is everybody crossing the border? And then, the, and then the other thing that we don't talk about is the fentanyl. All the drugs crossing over the border that are coming from China and the Mexican government is essentially allowing them. The Mexican government, by the way, is not our friend. Mexico is not our friend. The president of Mexico is not our friend. He's over. He's eagerly overjoyed that there's six to seven million new people in his country that might get the right to vote illegally and are going to vote. And he's telling them to vote for the Democratic Party. Yeah, he's telling them to not vote for Republicans. He's essentially saying that Republicans are racist and anti-Mexican and anti-Hispanic, and you should vote for Democrats because they're going to let you. They're going to keep doing this filthiness. That's how you know it's all politics. It's all politics, but it's all it's not it's beyond politics too because it's all ideological. He's glad that there's a new constituency <laughs> that is becoming larger and larger, and that is the Mexican American Hispanic vote that's becoming larger and larger. The problem is, is if the Hispanic vote becomes red, it all flips on them. Yeah. Which is why they don't like Cubans, which is why they don't like Nicaraguans, which is why they don't like South Americans for the most part, because many of them that are here aren't really in favor with the left-leaning. Now, the South American countries have become left-leaning over the years. 
for the last pretty much decade. They've they're re they're re they're re um they're re socializing, I guess you could call it. They're becoming socialist countries again. Remember, you have Lula in the we have Lula da Silva in Brazil now. Uh the Fernandes in Argentina are socialists. The 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 idiot who's the Chile the president of Chile is a socialist. Uh Bolivia has a socialist. Colombia has a socialist. Venezuela has a socialist dictator. Uh this is all happening across the the continent. So you don't have a lot of friends. But the voting group is becoming redder. Over the remember, you saw 2016 and 2020, they made massive gains. Massive gains in Hispanics uh nationwide. We had pretty much uh, odd things happen. Remember, in 2020, Trump won Hispanic votes in the Bronx. He won us. He got he didn't win them over, but he won a surprising amount of new votes of Hispanics in the Bronx. Was it over uh I think in general, wasn't it like thirty percent? Over? I think it was like 30-something percent. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And when people like John McCain and, and, and Mitt Romney and George Bush weren't getting any of those votes. Oh. Trump did that. But now they're saying it's Ron DeSantis, which is another joke. And so that's the problem with the border. It's the enforcement. I, I mentioned it, uh, I think, a, a, an episode ago. What do we have to do with the border? Did you go and check that out? But we have to do is enforce it. Finish a wall. Fund uh, the ice. Ice. And essentially, remain in Mexico policy should become federal law uh, in Congress. You get that through Congress and you make it law where asylum seekers have to wait for their asylum date out of the United States. Not in, out. Because if they come in, what's the point? They're already in. They don't really care. Mm. They don't care about asylum status. What they want is to be in. People don't get that. People don't get that. They don't care about asylum. They care about being here. Asylum is just a means to an end. So that's that's the point. And is it going to happen? No, because Joe Biden doesn't care. Joe Biden, Joe Biden. First of all, Joe Biden isn't cons, isn't conscious enough to even care or know what's going on. He's just a puppet. He's a tool. The people around him are the one, are the ones that are do are the ones that are doing this. Um. So he's going to pretend, and the Secretary of Homeland Security, because he's getting impeachment calls, is now starting to pretend that he cares about the border, but he doesn't, because this is the. Uh, this is ideological for them. They need this. What they do want is ethnic change across the country. That's why they that's why they started sending out immigrants to places like Montana, Idaho, Nebraska, Iowa, Tennessee. Why? Because they have a lower count of, of Hispanics and they want to get them to vote somehow. And they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it by the election. I really do think if, if Joe Biden's failing enough, they're gonna get those people to start voting. And that might flip the, the change. Remember, Arizona's no longer a red state. People think it's purple. It's not. Yeah. I think it's a blue state. All the people in California have moved to Arizona and they're still voting blue because they're stupid. And so they're going <laughs> to vote blue again. They're going to vote blue again. They have two Democratic senators and they have a Democratic governor. I, I don't like this thing where people say, it's good that it's stolen. I, people have to recognize the people who leave California aren't conservatives. There are a lot of liberals leaving too. Do they get red-pilled later? Some of them, but not most of them. They're just moving out because they don't like... First of all, they're cowards, so they're not, they're not community... They're not really... Uh, civic nationalists like I am, where I stay in my community and I want to improve it, or a lot of people who stay and want to improve it, what do they do the first thing they see something they don't like? Oh, they just, if they're in New York, they move to Florida. If they're in California, they move to Arizona, or they end in Florida. It's like Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin's in California. He's wealthy, so he can leave. He's in Florida now, and he now he says that Ron DeSantis is the greatest thing since Jesus. It's kind of stupid. Why don't you just stay there and have a change? Joe Rogan, a liberal, leaves California a state he probably voted blue in 
and now he's in uh, Austin, Texas, which has become another blue cesspool. These people don't stay and improve things. All they do is criticize and critique and then say, well, I'm wealthy, I can leave. No, we can't have that. We, we have to have is people staying in the communities and fixing it. If you see that there's a rise in homelessness, blame the politicians who allow it and condone it. If you see mass immigration and you don't like it, we have to vote out the people, the senators and the president who condones it. That's part of the solution. It actually enforce the border and finish a border wall. Not this joke of, well, you know, now we're going to enforce the border. It's six million people. What's the point? Well, I, I, I got to say, man, hopefully that uh, 1,500 troops that Biden is sending should do a little bit of whatever. But uh... but remember, he also said that the the border was secure. So why is he sending 1,500 troops? Yeah. That's the crazy part. Why? If he said the border secure, why are you sending 1,500 people over there? Maybe maybe it's a just a case situation. Just in case. Um, but no, man. Uh, real quick, uh, since we're short on time, I do want to mention about the uh, the case of what's going around with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so the CIA director, William Burns, um, current CIA director. Yeah, uh, and I think he used to work with uh, Obama at the he time, was, right? Yeah, yeah the White House counsel. The, uh, he was a deputy. He was a deputy secretary of state under Obama, and he was, um, and now he's the CIA director under Biden. It's not just him, it's a bunch of people. Apparently, there's... A, yeah. So, his calendar's getting leaked out. His business calendar. That's pretty much it. Yeah, apparently he had three meetings with Epstein uh, during, what, well, the 2014, I believe? In 2014. So, what, so what, do you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that they're going to slowly release the other names who are pretty big? Because I, I, I think, to be honest with you, I think me and you kind of know who's already in that list. But they don't. They really don't want to say it at all. There's names. We well, we want the we want the good names because William Burns is a, <laughs> a big job. But we want the big names because this this guy is just. I think what nobody what even knows him. I, I don't even this, know him. I, I think what stands out about this is we have to recognize the enormous network that Jeffrey Epstein had. He was talking to everybody who was famous, not just in politics and not just in Wall Street. Everybody. So on the calendar, there's names like. Uh, uh, Jeff, there's not Jeffrey, obviously. Names like Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey there's names like Woody Allen. He met with Woody Allen, and he would have, and he had several meetings with Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky, the hero of the progressive left, for some reason he's done. He's now a mega intellectual, even though he's just a linguist. Mm-hmm. Um, but people like my, I've seen some of his movies. His movies are pathetic. I, I, he blames, he just blames it on the same thing. He says, you know, he just blames every problem in America on on capitalism. It's capitalism and it's greed. That's every that's the whole shtick. So I, I pay no attention to him. There's also it's another surprising that he, out of all people, met with Jeffrey Epstein. But what did he say? Uh, it was so funny because um, now the progressives are now being forced to defend that, but they can't because remember someone asked him uh, why why did you uh, meet with him and he pretty much he said it's my it's none of your damn business. It's gonna look super bad if you're trying to defend that person if you, if that person had met Jeffrey Epstein like. Well, like well, many it's times. bad if the guy who met him is defending him is defending himself by saying that's that's my privacy. You know, <laughs> that. Remember, that's what Noam Chomsky just said. Noam Chomsky just said <laughs> what I just said. He said that it's none of your business who I why and who I, who I meet with and why. It doesn't matter who I visit, okay? Remember what did Bill Gates say on that meeting with I think it was Anandpur or BBC? I think uh, what did he say? The lady who asked him, he went with him several times. What did he say? Well, it doesn't matter because he's dead. Yeah. It's like, no, it doesn't matter because he's an unknown pedophile. And by the way, 
<laughs> the day 2014, you might say, well, what does it matter? It's 2014 and it's William Burns. Why does it matter that it, these people, these people aren't that famous? I don't care. Well, they don't, they don't matter to you because maybe you don't look them up, but they matter because they're they, at the time and in the future, they're in key positions of power. So deputy secretary of state is a huge job. It means you're the number two person at the, at the department of state, which is an international department. It, it, gov- it has authorities and responsibilities across the globe. Across you know the United States' uh, reach, which is up across the globe as the global superpower. Mm-hmm. Why does the date 2014 matter? Because it was in 20, I think 2011, or was it between 2000 and 2011, where Jeffrey Epstein was officially charged as a sex offender? Yeah, Epstein, around that time, registered yeah. as a sex offender, right? And he was charged for being a pedophile. What does that tell you? Connect the dots. I'll do it. That means people in key positions of power. And people who have influential <laughs> positions or are influential or have a higher status were meeting willingly and eagerly with a registered sex offender to discuss what they call business, but we also don't know what that business is. It also reaffirms the, the, the theory that Jeffrey Epstein was an asset to the CIA, which I believe <clears throat> full stop, because there's no reason a guy like him with a very odd background in the 90s becomes this famous. Well, not this famous. He becomes very uh, uh, recognized in higher circles, in power circles. So not to us, but in those circles, he's well known. There's oh Jeffrey Epstein, the financier, the man who uh, you know can give you money. Uh, I remember it was Andrew Huberman who was on Joe Rogan's podcast. He's a, I think he's a, he's a psychologist, and he pretty much uh, answered the question as to he didn't meet with Epstein, but he knows people who did, and he answered the question, well, why do people meet with Epstein? It's well because Epstein's the guy who will give you fifty, who will give you five million dollars on the spot to do experiments because he wants the name brand because he's building the brand, and those scientists will get five million dollars to do one experiment, which the depart, which the government will fund them to do in about three, and they don't have to go through the bullshit of doing. It. All they have to do is have dinner with this guy and talk and have conversation and maybe do the guy a favor if they need one later on. That's crazy. So they're not having sex with children all the time but they are doing favors for the man they're giving they're giving him outlets to other people in power the reason is why 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 that we won't know so the reason we get all these names it's interesting because it tells us the people he's uh, doing with i have a list uh it's a wall street journal i don't know if i'm going to post an article here but there's also names uh there's terj rod larson who was a norwegian diplomat um why does it matter well, because he was the president of the International Peace Institute until 2020, and he received a loan from Jeffrey Epstein in over $600,000 and over $600,000 in, don- in donations from Epstein for the nonprofit. Uh, he met with Ariane de Rothschild, who I'm not even going to go down the Rothschild t- uh, rabbit hole. I went down that one. Do it on your own time. I recommend it. But remember, the Rothschild group is. The most famous is one of the most wealthiest families in the world. Uh, the Rothschilds effectively um, govern the Federal Reserve banking system across the globe. That's what they do. The Rothschilds are an extremely influential group. I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to be tagged as as being a conspiracy theorist or anti-Jew because that's what happens with these people. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> she is the CEO of the uh, Rothschild group which managed a uh, $25 million contract with Epstein in 2015 for one of his companies, the Rothschilds. Um, in 2019, when he was arrested, what did she say? 
she said, well, she never met with him and they had no links with him. But then now they just acknowledged to the Wall Street Journal that that wasn't true, what they said. They actually, they actually, she actually met with Epstein on a normal basis from 2013 to 2019. <laughs> That's insane. That's and crazy. Then, what the hell? And so then the Pritzker family uh, met with him several times at his townhouse in Chicago. Who are the Pritzkers? Well, the Pritzkers are the people who run the Hyatt hotel system. The you know Hyatt hotels. I think I heard that. Yeah. Have you heard of them? Well, there's a big hotel group. Pritzker. Do you recognize the last name? I do remember the. Yeah, I do remember the last name. Pritzker is the Chris Christie of the Democratic Party, the mm -hmm. governor of, of Illinois. Now he didn't meet with Epstein, but his family member who runs the hotel business did, because they're a very wealthy and politically connected. Uh, family in Chicago or Illinois. Oh my god. So they met with the Pritzkers, Democrats. Uh Barnaby Marsh. Oh yeah, this guy. He's the he's the he was an executive at the uh, John Templeton Foundation. Have you heard of the name Templeton before? Oh. Well, this John Templeton Foundation is a charity fund. Uh Ep Epstein met with them. And um what does Mr. Marsh do? Mr. Marsh was a person that advised very very wealthy people on how to manage their money. And how to uh, give them advice on being philanthropists or giving donations to people. Mm. Um, effectively, this guy pretty much was an outlet for Jeff, Mr. Epstein to know more famous people. That's just another name. Um, and then, who else did he meet? Bill Gates. We all know that he had, you know, Bill Gates spent six hours with Jeffrey Epstein in, in 2014. He also went to the island. He met with uh, Bill Gates at his New York uh, townhouse. Um, remember, his ex-wife, Jeffrey, uh, not Jeffrey, Bill Gates' ex-wife pretty much said that um, Jeffrey Epstein was one of the darkest people that she ever met. And essentially says that there was a big regret to do that. Too late, you did it. Did, did, uh, did she also, like, question why Bill Gates keep... She also questioned why, but remember, that's also an ex-wife. I mean, maybe there's, you know, marital issues and going involved as to why that's happening. But nonetheless, she did say, you know, she, he was one of the craziest people she's ever met. Also, you know, she just felt bad vibes. Um, so, yeah, no, these are people. Noam Chomsky met with him in 2015, 2016. Uh, Chomsky, the, I, I mentioned him already, but those are the times. Yeah. Um, when, here's the email. I'll read the email. It's, quote, first response is that it's none of your business or anyone's. Second is that I knew him and we met occasionally. So, and then there's another. If there was a flight, which I doubt, it would have been from Boston to New York 30 minutes. I'm unaware of the principle that requires that I inform you about an evening spent with a great artist. Mm -hmm. That's because Epstein planned to fly Chomsky and his wife to have dinner with Woody Allen and Woody Allen's wife, uh, Suyin Previn. Um, in like 2015, apparently, so that's the two responses. But the first thing is that he says it's none of your business, which is the worst thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then William Burns, the current CIA director in 2020 and 2014, have three meetings scheduled. Now, Burns says that he only met with him because he felt that it was very important to meet people that were well connected with finance. That's Burns saying that of Epstein, uh, which is, you know, you could, if you want to, if you're gullible, you'll follow it, but no. Um, president of Bard College. Uh, which is a, I think, a, a women's university. Leon Bolstein met with Epstein uh, about four years, had about two dozen meetings with Epstein over, over a four-year period. Mr. Bolstein also invited Epstein, who brought a young group of young female guests to the campus. 
Uh, Mr. Bolstein said he first meted Epstein's townhouse in 2012 to thank him for 75 grand in unsolicited donations <laughs> to Bard's high schools and then returned over years, over several years in an attempt to get more donations. That was my relationship with, to get more money, essentially. So, um, you know, that, that looks black. That looks bad. Leon Black is the billionaire uh, co-founder of the Leon uh, no, he's a fo- uh, he's a co-founder of the Apollo Group. Uh, pretty much is like a management company. It's pre- they do private equity, and so I think I heard of that actually. Yeah, yeah. He met with him. It says here over a hundred meetings scheduled with Epstein from 2013 to 2017, and they were typically at Epstein's townhouse and occasionally at Mr. Black's office. Okay, yeah, that's uh... all right. Yeah, okay. The first one is um, uh, Yud Barak, who was the former uh, prime minister of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he met with him and flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. I've heard about that. Dozens, yeah. of t- dozens, dozens of times between 2013 and 2017. Between that period, uh, they met at least three dozen times. Uh, in 2014, he met Epstein at his Palm Beach Manor, and then they flew together to Tampa. That sounds great. And uh, you know, they um, they they were just you know they were very close, very close. I think... yeah, but what, is, what does he say? He says that in retrospect, Epstein seemed to be a terrible version of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Uh, yeah, funny. But at this time, but at the time, it seemed to be an intelligent person who was socially well connected. Well, that was the point. That was the point of what why he had to be that way. So, this is the point of the calendar. It's not to say that put all these people in jail. Yeah, sure. But also, we also need to realize the amount of people he was with. But also, we need to remember. We have to answer the question. The question is why? And why was it that important that he had all these meetings with all these people? Why? That's the pro- That's the point. And I think if we... And it's good that these keep, things keep coming up. But, you know, there's more important details. You know, what is Ghislaine? You know, we need the log of people who entered the island. We need the people who, you know, who <laughs> went there. And the people who met at his townhouse. You know, a calendar is very important because it shows meetings. Can yeah. a calendar be um, edited? Sure it can. It can be tampered with. But still, these are important names to know. We do know he met with um, Prince uh, Prince Andrew before he got arrested, before uh, Andrew mm-hmm. before uh, Jeffrey got arrested. Remember, they right. walked around Central Park. Uh, we know he had several meetings with uh, Bill Bill uh, Bill Clinton. So these are things we are going to know over time. We'll know them because over time, what they do is they leak and leak and leak. Try to effectively. Uh, soften the blow because if you know enough over time, once you finally know the truth, they think this is according to their idea, you won't get as mad. But it's like, try it, <laughs> just try it. I I do want to know. Go ahead, I do want to know um, who was going to this island doing what. It's a, uh, it's insane. Um, this is another conspiracy theory that we were once again proved to be right about. Uh, and this won't be the last one. So that's another review. There, there, you know, it's a, it's a bad look for all these people who just try to justify it and say, "Oh, well, I just wanted to get money from him." It's like, yeah, but you do know he was a sex offender, right? And a pedophile. I'm pretty sure they knew like way long before. Like, it, it can't be like, oh, like, no, oh, no I didn't know. know. Yeah, no, like it's. And remember, that's the danger of when you're rolling <laughs> in these high uh, high income in these circles is that. Maybe at a party, Jeffrey Epstein's going to be there. So can you really not go to a party because Jeffrey Epstein's there? Maybe you don't know he's going to be there. And so then you're introduced to each other, you know, coerced, not because you're forced. Yeah. To, but maybe you're maybe you're just there just party. to have fun. You know, you're not there just to 
meet up, check for absent, not knowing that you didn't know he was there. But exactly, Let, let's say I'm at a party done by uh, one of the Rothschilds, right? And Jeffrey Epstein just happens to be there because he was also invited. Now I'm not going to know that, but he's there, and all of a sudden now I'm now I'm hanging out with him, you know. But it's not. But you shouldn't have the response Chomsky had and say, "Well, it's none of your business." That's what you can't say. I think uh, one group of uh, people, or should I say, this one uh, that I'm very. I think. I mean, we already know like who it is, but Bill Clinton, obviously. Um, I wonder if he's. I, I I feel like I feel like he's the one that's gonna be the most protected. Yeah, because he's the sure. president. And yeah, unless you're Donald Trump. Well, well, they they can't say anything about Donald Trump because if they said that oh Donald Trump did did some stuff with Jeffrey Epstein, they would have said something in the media by now. Yeah, that's what I've been saying for a while now. Remember, like, when yeah. the plane was on trial, they asked him specifically about Donald Trump, and the pilot remember the pilot <laughs> was a witness and said, "Yeah, Donald Trump was there, but he didn't do anything." Because there's several cases going on. Uh, Remember, one of the victims of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, sex trafficking went to court and brought the pilot of the plane on as a witness. And the pilot and she are pretty much alleged. Remember, they say he wasn't on the island, but he was around Jeffrey Epstein for a time. Remember, I think this was before the the indictment in Florida by the West Palm Beach uh, prosecutor, who turned out then to be um, the... uh, the future Secretary of State under Donald Trump, Alex Acosta. Mm-hmm. He resigned over that, by the way, Alex Acosta. He was a prosecutor that made the deal with Jeffrey Epstein, a Hispanic, unfortunately. And um, and so that was the time around Donald Trump, I think, ended his relationship. And also because I think, according to him and other people, uh, people at Mar-a-Lago, the women at Mar-a-Lago were complaining that Je- Jeffrey Epstein was creating, was harassing them sexually. Um, and so that that was a problem. And then he kicked him out because of that. Apparently, that's the last straw. Um, so uh, again, that case happened, and they pretty much said that Donald Trump used to be around him before the case, and then he just didn't want to associate himself with Jeffrey Epstein, anyways. After that, yeah, and and then then and they but they also alleged that he was never on the island and that he never was around what the other people were around. So they mm-hmm. say that they they do say that, and so that's kind of why they're having a difficult time. They want to. So if, if Donald Trump's name was on this calendar, they would have put it front page headlines. Yeah, they, they, yeah, exactly. Calendar, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. They just want him to be there. Remember, Donald Trump was in the new was a new was in the New York scene. So he's what I, what did I just say? If someone's at a party and he just shows up to the party, it doesn't mean you're going with him or you're going because he's there. You're going there and he just so happens to be there. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. But people don't people ignore that fact for a while because it's politically convenient. So um, remember, it's um, it's all politics at the end of the day, and, it, and it's all for power. Well, hopefully, uh, something good happens in the in the future. Probably won't, but no, there's no cases. This is just an article. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, so it's done. He's dead. Like Bill, like Bill Gates said, he's dead. I mean, I don't, I don't see the point in talking about someone. Remember, he said, ah, ah, he's dead, Sal. So. Yeah, he just, he just wants to, like, brush it under the rug. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Yeah, he, that's what he said. Well, he's dead, so I don't really see the point in talking about someone that is dead. Well, Maxwell's going to be there soon. Uh, we do have to wrap it up, though. Um, hope you guys have a, a wonderful Sunday. Well, Sunday, an hour time. Well, we're doing this on um, Sunday, and this is going to be released afterwards. So, yeah, no, thank you for listening and yep. tuning in. Again, you can check us out everywhere you can get your podcasts. If you're listening to us on our audio edition on Spotify, Apple, uh, Samsung Podcasts, I see we have a following there. So, you know, shout out to you guys. 
Hope you guys tell your friends, uh, shares where you can. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we're going to be putting out stuff uh, very soon on our Patreon, so check that out as well. It's uh, patreon.com slash for the republic, the number four, the republic. Uh, check us out there. And uh, Karen, do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to plug? Uh, stay racist, guys. Uh, that's pretty much it. And stay black. All right, that's the final image, uh, final message for you guys. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Hope you guys, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy.